You are listening to a Nerd Room Podcast, a member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Be sure to check out more from the Star Wars Commonwealth on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Hey everyone, and welcome to the room. We talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, and DC. This is episode number 192. We're discussing the last Mandalorian trailer, Joker's box office success, and Betty Hoff and Weiss exiting Star Wars. I'm one of your host, Tim. I'm Troy. And we are welcoming back one of the now fixtures in the nerd room here. It's a goddamn Batman, our dude, Carlos. Hello, everyone. Nice ah, man. Back. Glad you're here, man. Yes. Yeah. Welcome back. You're coming hot off the heels of our Joker review, your last appearance in the nerd room and we're here again to talk some joker box office success guys this movie is on a freaking roll unbelievable haul for a rated r film with no 3d no release in china we're going to speculate as to why it's been so successful but also what this means for the dc brand of filmmaking itself we're also going to talk about the mandalorian guys we're two weeks out hopefully fingers crossed we have no idea what's going on in canada yet but presumably it's coming November 12th. We are just a few days away from that release, from the drop of Mandalorian. And we got a new brand spanking new trailer from Star Wars, from the Mandalorian. Really looking forward to talking about that. And also sticking the Star Wars universe. Benioff and Weiss, the guys are supposed to be making that film that's coming out in 2022, are no longer making any Star Wars films. They have hopped over to Netflix. Their $250 million deal was a bit too enticing, bit too time intensive for them. So they're cutting bait, heading over there, and we're going to discuss what that means for Star Wars. But first, gentlemen, once again, welcome back to the Nerd Room. And like we always do at the top of these episodes, we got to talk about our weeks in Nerd. It's been an intense, another intense week (laughs) on the hunt. Carlos and I had a time at a local festival, Comic Fest, just running wild all over collecting. It was an absolute bass. One of the best times I've had on the hunt this year. But Troy, my man. Yeah, man. Got to hear what's going on in your life before Carlos and I take over oh, the mics here oh, and run you guys down on the intense hunt we had. Well, I, got, I got nothing big, but I stepped into the nerd room. I'm already walking out with a grip full of figures, man. I mean, just today I got in here. I got the, the Qui-Gon Jinn Star Wars Episode One. you know, the red card back. And to go along with them is the Padawan Obi-Wan Kenobi. So these are fresh, man. Thanks to uh, Timbo here. These are looking nice. Um, picking up the Spider-Man, finally, <laughs> from the 90s anime TV series. Oh, so good. Venom over here. I got Rhino, who's um, who's in his brown gear, which I've never seen before, but he looks good. Uh, feeling that. Um, what I picked up this week was pretty light. Um I got my hands on the uh, re-release of the Revenge of the Sith Blu-ray. Yeah. Uh, oh, you finally found it, eh? Finally found it. So I'm not going to mention any stores, but I did go to a store that Sonny recommended. And, uh, <laughs> man, their price was ridiculous. It was like $40. Go to another store, and it was <laughs> like, what, $15 cheaper? It's, wow. It's, it's crazy. So um, glad I picked it up. It looks good, displays well. But the biggest thing is I just want to have the um, the digital code really just to have revenge with me at all times so smash that movie a couple times over the weekend since i got it of course um 
Can't I picked up Obi Wan riding that dragon. Uh, oh <laughs> man, I love it. I love it, man. Some of the one liners there, you know. But actually, my son and I watched a little bit of the movie, so that, that felt good. Oh man, that yeah. was the first time you ever said that out loud. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That's no, touching. It, that's oh, touching that I moment. Son, yeah. son. No, I also watched Lion King, so saying son now it just feels that much, you know, <laughs> powerful. <laughs> yeah, the real life one or oh, the the uh, CGI one, I guess you could yeah. say. Yeah, Sonny slipped me that digicode, so you get it. Yeah, on, let me know what you think about that this one. weekend with the family. Yeah. yeah. Um, shoot, man, I picked up a cow. I found a cow. Oh. Couldn't resist. Actually, you know what? I got to give a shout out to one of our guys, Maddie, because I picked up Cal, the um, Black Series, you know, yep. from the video game. And I was about to pick up another one because I thought, you know, with Cal, I could maybe make a Padawan um, Anakin. But then I saw the screenshots that we're getting a Padawan Anakin Skywalker Ooh, yes. coming out. So I was like, nice. I saved like kind of saved 30 bucks but i'm gonna spend 30 bucks anyways to buy this figure <laughs> but anyways so that's cool and we got a lot more other figures coming out like the power rangers because hasbro had that france kind of release yes yeah, yeah there was like a france paris like, yeah paris comic-con yes yeah, so we got a lot of stuff coming up but sorry i went on a rent there i also picked up a poster for the first time finally classic revenge not revenge return of the jedi with the with the lightsaber being held by luke but it's blue instead of green nice really cool looking oh poster. yeah 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 it's, it's kind of fresh and uh, some comics, man. I got a couple of trades going on. Doubled up on a Magneto trade, and I picked up a couple other cool ones. Uh, Superman Earth One, yeah. which I can't wait to dig into. I can't wait till you read it because it's yeah, it's, it's extremely different. So I've don't... been eyeing it for a long time too. Yeah, it's don't... good. Yeah, it's like it has nothing to do with what you know, but it has everything to do there with what go. you know. With no spoilers. And there you it, go. It, it it was a pretty special book. I I remember like reading it while I was like in some dicey times kind of thing and it, it got me through it got me through a day so is it, is it yeah. a darker tone because looking at the cover i was like oh this looks like a darker clark this is before p new 50 this oh. is before 52 new 52 yeah ish yeah. yeah yeah i don't i don't even want to say all right yeah man. i, okay, I don't well, even want to say homework. Yeah. i got my homework but um yeah man that's that's about it it's pretty chill i picked up a couple more of these three and three quarters that uh that tim has as well like i picked up a fin yeah for the dollar story can't go wrong array oh, kylo four bucks you can't go wrong with that you price, can't. man. Look, yeah. I've been dipping into Dollaramas, and I've completed yeah. almost the entire mm. uh, three and three quarter inch The Last Jedi figure line. Yeah. Just because I can, because they're $4. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, right? And they look phenomenal in your display. They yeah, look so I love cool, them. Man. All opened up. Oh, yeah. Fresh. Well, keep it going, man. What do you guys uh, What do you guys got in store here? All right, Carlos. Hear this. We had a time, eh? It was incredible. So much fun. Uh, you know, yeah. so Carlos, he messaged me a couple a couple days before the weekend and said, look, there's this collector's fest, you know, dude, you know, down south. And I didn't really know about it, didn't have any appreciation for exactly what it was. And then he re-reminded us and I said, okay, cool, but I don't have a car. And he's like, no problem, I'll come get you. So this guy's facilitating the hunt here big <laughs> time. And it's so much appreciated because we walk into this place and man, unbelievable it's probably the best like we go to the red and white here in calgary which is really good and a few other small shows and even the the big one i don't find as good as these small ones yeah. but this just had it was basically collectors selling collections totally and all looking for deals and all willing to facilitate and look we went in everything we just automatically half price that was my first offer yeah. <laughs> and most of them took it and we went to the funko pop there's a funko pop store and so Carlos and I standing in line, Sanjay kind of like makes a quick cameo, Dips, looks looks for some steel books and says, all right, peace and out. Like he drove like 30 minutes to get there. Cameo is the perfect, Stan Lee's been in Marvel movies longer. <laughs> yeah, so true. But we wait in line actually to get into this Funko store 
And we get up to the front and they say, here's your ticket for one free Funko Pop. What? Yeah. And we're like, yeah. yeah. And any, then they're like, any choice? Yeah. Anything that was, wasn't behind, like, I guess the more expensive stuff. And then, but wow. then at that, every Funko product, 50% off. Yeah. <laughs> so the free ones was like basically any pop in the store and they had a couple hundred different ones. Yeah. And how much do these Funkos retail for normally? 15 bucks. No way. Yeah. yeah. And so what? it was just like, I don't know if they wanted incentive. Like I was going in no matter what. Yeah. Free pop or not for the 50% off. Yeah. And this was, I don't know if they're just trying to clear some stocks, some older stuff that had been kind of lingering. I grabbed the Leia from the original Star Wars run, which pretty stoked about. Wow. I ended up diving not into Funko Pops, but the Pop Pezzes. I've been having yeah. a hard time finding them and not finding the first four. And I was getting them for five bucks each, which <laughs> you can't go wrong with prices yeah. like that. No. And Jeez. yeah, man, it's and then it just then it just escalated from there. It, it gets it, crazier. It, it, oh, oh man, dude. let's go. The setup was awesome because oh. it was like it was almost like the attitude that we have here, where it's like, this is my collection, but you like this thing more, so I want it to go to a good home, and yeah. that's kind of the attitude yes. that I felt lots of people had. Like no way. with wheeling and dealing, there was a few guys that were standoffish, yeah, yeah. but like whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. and if everyone was of the opinion that this stuff needs to go, I want to sell it, and I'm okay to sell it. As long, like you said, as long as yeah. it's going to someone that it can appreciate it. Nice. nice. You know, like a few other things that I grabbed, I grabbed some three and three quarter inch Phantom Menace for $3 a piece. Mm. You can't go wrong there. So I grabbed like a um, Sam Jackson, not Sam Jackson, a Mace Windu, a few others there. We got a great deal. I got a, a Captain America Select from the first Avenger and you got a Nightwing? Yeah, from the Arkham yeah. Knight. Yeah. Oh, I saw that one, man. But he gave us both those figures for 15 bucks. 15 bucks for the Wait, two. Wait, for both of them? 750 each? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, mercy. <laughs> what? Because Nightwing was... 15. Yeah, Nightwing was 15 or 20. And I'm like, oh, would you do like 10 on this guy? And he's like, no, you got to buy something else. And so, and Tim had been looking at cap and he's like, oh, I'm going to He wanted wait. 15 for the cap. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to pay 15. So I said, no. maybe I'll come back later. And I put it down. Carlos picks up and goes, how about 15 for both? Oh. And he was like, yeah, sure. Oh, <laughs> and I kind of looked at him like, I guess, I guess we're doing this. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh. Got, that's crazy that was like some Qui-Gon and Watto action with that one yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I think it was just yeah exactly what a reference what a reference from the goddamn Batman and then I got the my, my probably my prize haul uh, before we get into some of the Superman shopping that you did dude is the I got a Captain America First Avenger Funko Pop it's it was a Comic-Con exclusive not a Comic-Con it was a, a convention exclusive in 2017 really hard to get it's probably one of my favorite looking pops because it's really represented by kind of the legend I got a few few weeks ago with the it's got the helmet classic first adventure helmet the leather jacket on and all that oh, just okay. a gorgeous pop yeah. I went to one place and it was $90 90 90 90 for a Funko Pop for a Funko yeah. Pop which isn't outrageous for some of the exclusives if yeah. you're really a true like I gotta get exclusive stuff because some yeah. of that stuff's really hard to get I'm never going to pay that. Mm -hmm. I looked at it and I was like, yeah, that's not for me. (laughs) But then we went around to another guy and he had it for 40, but the box was a bit damaged. And, you know, I've been coming to terms with boxes and opening stuff. And I said to myself, I said, if I can get that for 20, I'll take it. Yeah. And so we went around. I said I had about 20 bucks left to spend. So we went around to a few other vendors and that came back here. I just said, look, box ain't in great shape. We would take $20 for this pop. And the guy's like, eh, sure. Had him 20. I... Just put a little bit of tape on where the box is damaged a little bit. Put it in a case. It's sitting right there behind it. You can't even tell that there's any damage to oh, it. It's beautiful. And it's a $20. Like That's basically retail. That's probably less than people paid at the convention for it. 
Yeah, if you and, even get it. And like I looked up online, not that money matters, but like at these things, you want to know that you got a little bit of a deal, right? And so it's $45 loose, the pop. So it, it was probably, it's not only that it's Captain America, but the fact that I got it for a, a steal of a deal, I'm, I'm super stoked. So like for me, the hunt here, it, it was next level. Even the comic books, there's some 50% off cover price on new comic books. On new yeah. comic books. So I picked up a bunch of the Age of Resistance stuff that I had I kind of passed. Like nice. Kylo, Ray, yeah. Finn, all these books. Hux. Yeah. Oh, it, it was an absolute cool. time, man. And like you were doing, you had some big kind of haul at the, some guy was selling some crazy Superman stuff. Yeah. So my daughter loves Superman. And right when we walk in, there's this guy with this insane collection yeah. of Superman stuff. And it was exclusively Superman stuff. And it was everything. Like he literally had some of the first Superman products ever made. Like he had the first ever deckle that was made, the first ever squeeze toy from Superman that was ever made right through like 80s and 90s stuff with the mullet on it and right to bbs justice league type stuff and um there was the sweet figure score i can't say because my kid listens sometimes and she knows that something came from there because i got about 75 text messages saying something better be coming out of that picture you sent me (laughs) of this guy's stall um so she knows that i did bring something but she doesn't know what it was so there was this sweet figure score Mm -hmm. um that I told you out from the multiverse line, but yes, well, she, yes, she won't know that it's a Walgreens exclusive, which means I can't get it up here. Mm-hmm. And I think that wave is long done yeah. anyway. Yeah. So that like right when we walked in, I said like, hang on to this for me. I'll be back. It, it sold kind of thing. And he's like, oh, okay. And then yes, yeah, so we go, we walked by again. He's like, Hey, I got your figure yeah. for you. And I was like, yeah, I didn't forget about <laughs> you, man. Free <laughs> yeah, d- d- don't worry. And, uh, yeah, and we, there was just so much cool stuff. It was just like almost overwhelming, and it was I was glad I had Tim there because he he kind of guided me towards a few of these vintage things. And like, yeah, you were checking out my kids' room yeah. too, and so he had the Spidey sense going, saying, yeah. "Well, it's the this sweet vintage stuff that you'll never be able to get." And yeah. same thing, like for fifty bucks, I got like some insane oh. pieces, like like for the price that he was asking for some of that stuff. And this guy was super knowledgeable too. Yeah, like he knew what he was talking about. Yeah, but again, he was there to make a deal. And yeah. like, he just, we just kind of looked, he talked through everything. He was, you know, very upfront about what he wanted to sell, what he wanted to sell it for. But again, coming down to a deal, like, again, we won't say what you got. I can't wait till she sees like some of the stuff I was looking at. I was like, man, like that in itself was worth the money. Just the one product you got, one piece you got was yeah. worth the 50 and you end up getting three or four or five different things. And I was just like, what? Like the hunt, man. Was, yeah, like Tim just put the bug in my ear to just try for the one. And I was like, ah, oh, this is kind of what I want to spend. And Buddy went for it. And we kind of guilted him because he's like, oh, you know, it's been rough. Because like the kids, they don't really know about Superman. Because he was like the oh, first. And the millennials aren't into him. And I was like, this stuff's for my kid, man. Just, I think you actually said to him, it's like, you're doing this to foster the next generation yeah. of Superman fans. <laughs> hey, it's not a lie. No, it's not. It's the truth. <laughs> it, but it, it was great to watch that happen. All of that. Like, I love watching, you know, you're two collectors, two big collectors. And the funny thing is, he's kind of talking to Carlos a bit. Like, he's kind of an amateur collector. And I keep thinking, like, man, you should see this guy's the <laughs> no back way. He has no and He's idea. kind of walking him through. And he kept saying, like, oh, yeah, I had that one as a kid. Oh, I had that. Yeah, I've seen this before. I have that exact thing. But, you know what I mean? He was kind of shocked a couple of times when he showed you a few things. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I have that. But oh, yeah. this version of it. 
and it was great just to watch that interaction yeah. oh man you had no idea yeah oh man this like i said it was probably the most fun i've had on the hunt because it was like deal after deal like i've yeah. been having a blast on kijiji and all that yeah but this was just like i, I walked in i think i had 50 dollars from selling figures in my pocket and i said this is what i want to spend and i brought another like 20 bucks i said like, i'm not spending more than this and i walked out with i spent 68 dollars mm -hmm. and i walked out with like hundreds of dollars worth of stuff in my opinion uh, some of it were cheap action figures, but at the same time, it's like, this is what means, like, this is filling out the detail, this is yeah. filling out the space, what I want to kind of and transforming the room into, right? And yeah, the, to me, having spent that money, it was all basically like a wash as far as I'm concerned, because yeah. I've sold stuff that was just in bins. Right. It, it was a time, man. Mm. Well, between the two of us, we spent like 120 bucks, yeah. maybe, and we had to use my trunk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Seriously though. Yeah. Like I had Crazy. four four bags of stuff and you yeah. had two bags of stuff. Like yeah. uh, and I could have like realistically if if I had appreciated what we were going into, like the next one, I'm gonna save a bit of powder for that. Yeah. Because it it's I'll go in and spend over well over a hundred dollars myself yeah. next time because I feel like you're getting good deals. You're getting the appropriate stuff that you want mm -hmm. for the right price. Like I'm not overspending on anything. I said the only thing that was missing was loose legends bins. I didn't see any legend stuff. Like there's all kinds of loose Star Wars stuff and Transformers. Nice. And there's some turtle stuff that we no saw way. that were like Troy would be like all drooling over, over this. Was it pretty crowded or the no? Season? It was good. It wasn't crazy. Yeah, yeah. It was very mad. It was like the red and white. Um, yeah, yeah. The maybe a little one. less crowded than that. Yeah. And the flow was better because it yeah. was like it was the entirety of one of those like mini malls, a strip mall. Yeah. So people uh, could like yeah. leave out of one end, mm -hmm. enter through another end. Nice. People would go sit in a completely different area. Like, yeah, it just had a good flow to the traffic. V video games too, retro yeah. consoles, all that stuff. Yeah, they yeah. had all that stuff. Few booths, nice. and there was a video game trader in the mall yeah. too. Oh. Yeah. Those prices. So, yeah. yeah. Next okay. time we have to, I believe we have to figure out when the next one is because no. they just plan right around it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, between that and the red and white and Kijiji, yeah. I'm finding less and less time that I need to be in Toys R Us and Walmart, to be honest <laughs> with you. Yeah, the news, legend stuff, and all that, and some of the Black series. But going back and filling out these collections, yeah. if, if you guys aren't doing that as collectors, I really recommend going and looking back at some of your old collections. What do you need to fill out? Because to be honest with you, I've had more fun spending $3, $6, $8 on figures than I have spending the bigger bucks on some of the, the bigger items I've gotten this year. Um, and the hunt is just, it's so much fun. Oh, <laughs> like, it's fun. all it's about, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's just like, it's fun to have like loose figures again and just yeah. play with them and do whatever. Yeah, yeah. Which is, pose them uh, with them poses. Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. Yes. Taking me back to my youth. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the hunt was real this mm. weekend. We absolutely had a blast. And again, coming down, no shame in our figure game. Never. If you guys go in and offer anything that isn't half, <laughs> that's, that's my starting point, and I love it. <laughs> Dude, if I have a complaint, it's that I was unprepared at how much good stuff and yeah. how many deals were there to be made. Yeah. It's just like, Ugh. same here, man. Yeah. Same here. I want to prepare more next time and just go all in. Like, to be honest with you, if I had really thought this through, I probably would have bought at least twice the amount of stuff. Yeah. Because yeah. um, I just... And I got, you know how you get that like weird plastic anxiety when you go into these things and you're like, oh, I gotta go here. I don't wanna miss this. And you're oh, yeah. leaping around mm -hmm. and you're trying to like not miss all the deals. You're trying to get there first. But yeah. I don't know. It's so great too to see like there's Transformer collectors, there's Turtle collectors, yeah. video game guys. There's just kind of like a pretty broad spectrum. Cool community, man. Yeah. 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 It, it's awesome. Yeah. Well, um, and it's funny that you say that about not wanting to miss out on stuff. I started a negotiation on a Hot Toys Arkham City Batman. And I totally forgot about it. It wasn't until whoa, like... Whoa, 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 what? Yeah. 
Arkham Shoot. City Hot Toy? But he had both, that? and he had them both for a decent price. Yeah. And he, he threw me an offer, and I threw him one a bit lower. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, oh, okay, well, just... And I was like, well, I just... I'm kind of hanging out with my buddies, and that's yeah. when we had Sonny with us, and we walked away, and then I forgot all about oh, it. It's Sonny's fault. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, oh. Yes. Yeah. All right. But, yeah, guys, get out there to your local cons, local conventions, yeah. uh, local collector fests. Just see what's out there. I think you, you guys will appreciate and have an absolute blast doing that. So we did, for sure. Yeah. But, guys, we got to get into some news this yeah, week. Last man. week, we spent the whole episode talking Star Wars. and But this episode, we're going to do a little bit of Star Wars. But we're also talking about DC. And we're going to kick it off with Joker. Yes. This movie, if you haven't heard a review, Carlos, invite us to the Batcave. We did a great review. Had a ton of fun doing it. Really broke it down in a ton of detail. So make sure you go back a couple episodes and check that out. But this movie, since we reviewed it, has been just chalking up the numbers at the mm-hmm. box office. It's absolutely insane to watch this movie progress from something that people were giving these cautionary tales about how it's going to incite so much violence and no one should go see it because of what it could do to now being a movie that's crossed the $850 million mark worldwide, like I said at the top, without 3D, without a China release and really just pumping it in the international market. It's crazy to see a super or a superhero, I guess a superhero-ish, comic book-ish film, not really a superhero film, <laughs> but it's it's now the highest grossing rated R film of all time, topping out Deadpool this past weekend. That's 2016's Deadpool with this $850 million haul. It did and it has been exceeding all expectations in every avenue of the box office, right? We're up to over $250 million domestically. This film is going to pass globally Thor 3, Guardians 2, Batman vs. Superman, Spider-Man Homecoming, some of the biggest films that did have China releases. And 3D. And 3D. And PG-13. Exactly. And the audience. Exactly. The family. (laughs) Everything. So it makes you wonder, you know, what has driven the success here, guys? Like, let's speculate. You know, we talked a lot about, in the review, about the DC Black Label. I gave my opinion that I didn't think there was a need for it. But given the profitability that we're seeing here, you know, Deadline's reporting, or Hollywood Reporter is reporting here, that this is likely to make about $500 million. Make gross net whatever you want to call it 500 million dollars because of the low production budget that's pretty equivalent to what you're talking about studios or marvel in particular making on infinity war one of the biggest films of all time (laughs) had a 500 million dollar budget made 1.5 billion dollars you had in marketing and all that and you're coming out to about a 500 million dollar profit so it's crazy to see that something so small 70 million dollar budget or so rated R, some pretty intense content, but still you're seeing audiences going in droves. China will never see this film. <laughs> oh, this especially w- not with what's going on in Hong Kong no, right now. No, no. <laughs> so what do you guys think? Carlos, what do you think is driving people to the Joker? Is it the fact that it got so much media attention because of the content inside of it? People needed to see it from themselves, experience it. Is it that good of a movie that people are going to see it two, three times? Because my opinion coming out of the theater is, I'm probably not going to go see this again in the theater. I really appreciate what they did, but this isn't a repeat viewer to me. So so what's driving people? What do you think is driving the box office here? To be honest, like I think it's just the sheer quality of the film and word of mouth because like you don't even the people that hate the film and kind of dug their heels in about the the content that was attributed to it, be that real or not, um or fair or not, 
the one thing that came out of it was that Joaquin Phoenix's performance is one for the ages. Unbelievable. Yeah. And people will gravitate towards seeing that, right? And then you add to that the cultural and societal conversations that that it's burned on and that there was people leveling all these attributions towards the film and then people rebuking that saying, well, no, that did you actually watch the movie? Right. And so then I think that caused a lot of people to want to see it for themselves. Those people went out and told their friends, you got to see this amazing, amazing performance. I thought the story was phenomenal mm-hmm. and it's just, it's so different. And it's one of those where I think everybody loves comic book movies, but there is a bit of an appetite for more adult skewing yeah. um, fare as well. And this kind of scratches both itches. Like there's tons of comic book deep cuts and it's very much in the lore, but very much not. Yeah. Like it, it's kind of like that dark Knight, where it's an adult drama first and a comic book movie second yeah. type of thing. Right. So yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Troy, well, yeah. what's your take on this? Cause you know, I had a lot of friends coming to me and saying, have you seen the Joker? What do you think of the Joker? Should I go see the Joker? Yeah. And this is the type of questions I get around Star Wars films and what I get around, you know, MCU movie films. Right. And so something like, I don't get a lot of people asking me about, you know, DC extended universe films. And yeah, people know that I'm a bit more at arm's reach with that stuff. But mm-hmm. the generally I get, when I'm, when I'm taking the temperature of, of my friends that are on the periphery of these fandoms but do enjoy going to see the films, it's usually when they're asking me about them or when they're asking me about specific spots in the film or theories as to why this or wanting to talk theories mm-hmm. about a particular film. I know that's when they have a much wider audience engaged in said films. And so I'm seeing that on my side. I know a lot of people have seen it, but then there's also a lot of people that I know go see these type of films that just haven't made the time mm-hmm. for Joker, but it's still pulling in this. It's still pulling in big crowds, especially globally, internationally. So do you got anything more to add to Carlos's kind of theories about this being something that kind of scratches a bit or a few different itches as far as the adult audience and maybe getting a di- outside of the, uh, the more Marvel style type of storytelling? Well, yeah, I basically agree pretty much with everything Carlos said. I, I kind of feel this movie, well, it came out at the right time. October was yeah. the perfect release for this film. Yeah. It kind of has a little bit of that itch that Venom has. It's a way better film than Venom. <laughs> but it has that, like, well, let me judge the film myself and yeah. not go by the reviewers. Because, basically, Venom had a lot of people just going just to see, like, well, what's this? What's the big deal about this film? A lot of people were giving it flack or slack, and they went and checked out the film and... You know, it was pretty 50-50. A lot of people actually like enjoyed that movie. I felt like Joker kind of had the same thing, but it's a better film. It's a good quality film. And, you know, I'm not necessarily going to go back and see it again, but it does have that, that rewatchability where you can kind of, like, pick out scenes like, wait, what did I miss? Because everybody yeah. can watch that film and come out with, like, different opinions completely. Go to our you review. Exactly. All four of us had different opinions exactly. on the majority of the scenes. Yeah, so yeah. we can all kind of, you know, take what we want from the film Walking Phoenix performance is just fantastic. I, I I think I've kind of made it clear that's that's live action. That's my Joker right there. I, I gotta <laughs> say, man, this guy held it down. Um, and another cool, intriguing part too is that nobody's ever really known an origin to Joker. So I think if there's a lot of people out there that are kind of like, well, let me see a story of the Joker. Let me see where this guy came from, because um, not everybody reads the comics, and even the comics don't really give us an actual clear cut idea where where this character came from. So there's lots of intrigue there, and. Um, yeah, man, this this thing's a juggernaut. The black label, I think, like myself, Sunny, yeah, we're totally vouching for this, and I think this is something we can we can do. This is something they could definitely do going forward. But 
this worked very well for the film because a it's the Joker. Yeah. Um. They also did a good job to you know keep themselves kind of clear from the DCEU. They made mm. it very clear. You know, watching the trailers, this doesn't fit in the extended universe with the Wonder Woman's, the Aquaman, the Shazam. We're coming off of Shazam last. You see a trailer for this, you can tell these movies do not connect. No whatsoever so well then they didn't have the stinger on the front of it and they they even used like their retro logo from like the 70s which i yeah. thought was awesome yeah which yeah. is great <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah so to your point there troy yeah. what does this do for dc filmmaking going mm. for dc filmmaking going forward because the profitability on this is going to raise a lot of eyebrows yeah and you know this thing's gonna get a ton of airtime and accolades when it comes to the award season, I yeah. think. I think you're going to see a lot of people, especially the success, pointing at Joaquin Phoenix for Best Actor, this Todd Phillips even, you know, spinning and turning this genre on its head. Mm-hmm. You know, this is something that, you know, consistency is in the Marvel formula. If you want to, you know, produce the cash, you do it that way. They yeah. said, no, we're going to do it this way and are producing equal amounts of cash. You know, this is a business ultimately. Yes, we like to we like to commentate on the entertainment aspect of it. We like good films and we like to be entertained and all this. But someone at some point is gonna be asking, what does this do for our bottom line? Of course. And clearly it does a lot. Oh yeah. So for DC, you know, we're going into Wonder Woman here early next year. We've got the Batman coming up, seeing a lot of news roll out of that. Are we gonna see a shift towards this or is this again gonna be your black label stuff? You know, is there space on HBO Max because we just got released today in May of 2020. HBO Max is their streaming service. It's coming to you know a TV near you, mm-hmm. and they're going to be putting a lot of DC content, including all the Batman, Superman, and even Joker, has been flagged by HBO Max on their Twitter account to be hitting that streaming service. So you're going to be going there now. Like, does this open up space on HBO Max for this type of storytelling in that rated R universe and more of a serialized? sense where we're getting a tv show of something like this is darker content like how can dc carlos how can they capitalize on this type of storytelling without it feeling repetitive without it feeling like they're just revisiting this and low budgets you know what i mean like deadpool 2 is a great example of where they had a film that did a lot of guerrilla things guerrilla marketing low budget leaked the original the footage to actually get momentum behind this they upped the budget they did something different it wasn't as good it Mm -hmm. didn't do as well Mm -hmm. they didn't change the formula enough i felt in deadpool 2 to make it feel like a different film from what they did i don't want a joker 2 you know what i mean no so like how do they take this and and really run with this i think they need to learn the right lessons and Mm. so the right lesson with this one was kind of your creative's vision and then strong performance and let the product speak for itself, yeah. right? So I think if you go out there and you're just like, okay, well, let's force Lex Luthor and we'll make it Wall Street with Lex Luthor. Well, that's you're trying to fit mm-hmm. the movie into your small box that you've created instead of letting just the creative juices carry the project forward. So hopefully that's the lesson they take from this, like that there is an opportunity to... You have great characters, there's great stories, there's a lot of diversity in how you can tell those stories. Just put the right people with the right IP and let it go. Uh, I like where you're going with HBO Max. There is a lot of rumblings that their big plans are to do a few larger budget DC movies. I don't know if we're going to talk about it later, but like the budget for one of their big DC shows like actually took me aback at how much money they're throwing at it. So. Yeah, I'll be curious to see what happens. Just don't 
say, okay, Joker works, so therefore, let's do the Penguin. And yeah. Let's do yeah. Riddler. <laughs> yeah, and Mr. Yeah. Freeze. And it's just like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think they could definitely go about it smarter than that. Um, they don't have to make it connect or anything like that. Mm. I, I'm sure there's talks of a Joker too. I don't want it. But I mean, when a movie makes this much money, you, you got to be talking about a Joker too. Mm-hmm. Um, like any movie, yeah. you know? Um I would like to see Todd Phillips be involved more often. That yeah. I think that's, that's the what key. I, I think that's the thing. You do much like Nolan, you know, even put a stamp on Man of Steel, and then obviously he gave us the trilogy of well, the Dark Knight trilogy. I think Todd Phillips is your guy to go further into this universe and give this guy the, the black label treatment and have him dig in deep and take the time because what Joker was a two year development basically mm-hmm. for this whole yeah. film, yeah, and and make it very um, character actor driven first, and then you know. Whoever the character is, that's great. But I think the story is going to be the most important thing. Because Joker, for me, is important. That could have been anybody. And you would have been like, oh, that's a great movie. But it happened to have the Joker. Yeah. Not a Joker movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I think that that's the key to me. It's it's This is, in my opinion, mm-hmm. more event style of filmmaking. Right? Yeah. You make one of these every three years, every exactly. five years. Yeah. And a guy like Todd Phillips really potentially could fill the role of someone that that drives us that shepherds these type of films through whether it's an ep role or a producer role or whatever mm-hmm. that's something i think where you're going to benefit not doing a joker too but doing something with todd phillips exactly mm-hmm. um and him whether it's him writing or directing or just like i said shepherding these things through it's kind of aligning with that sort of mentality mm-hmm. And I think that's where they can be successful because there's got to be a model here, right? They're going to pull something out of this the same way they're going to pull something out of Venom, right? Sony. They, Sony waited. You know, realistically, they could have turned around a film in a year and a half, two years, and we could be looking at a Venom 2 in 2020. But I think they decided really to pull back and say, okay, we got away with this. In my opinion, they got yeah. away with something. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. Uh, that, that doesn't have maybe the quality there that they need to. The next film has to hit mm-hmm. because they could suffer the same way. Now, Deadpool didn't suffer no. that much. No. It was still a reasonable and funny film. Cable yeah. was great. It still made a lot of money. But it still wasn't, didn't have that, that same allure that Deadpool 1 did, for sure. No. And so it, it's got to it's got they got to keep evolving the product. Do you think DC's plan is to make a um, a bad representation of a character? Like I'm, I'm totally messing around here, but you make a bad <laughs> pirate talking Joker, and then in return you give us a good Joker. You make a bad Eisenberg Lex Luthor, and then in return you can give us an awesome Lex Luthor. <laughs> it's it's an, like a weird marketing strategy. It's an easy way. To, I don't think that that was by <laughs> design, but well, that's a great we're gonna, idea. We're gonna sink 250 million dollars into this Joker here yeah. on Suicide Squad, and then we're going to give you 70 <laughs> and some time. Yeah, and some time. And you can you can give us and I make back that Suicide Squad money. <laughs> Quit an investment. Got an Oscar though. Yeah, that's it. Did Sanjay will never let us live that one down. Yeah. Let's quickly touch on this HBO Max stuff. So it is coming. DC, the DC Universe app or whatever it is, likely seems to be folding into this. By the sounds of it, I yeah, they've been coy with it. Yeah. So they're like everything will be a parallel release. So like Doom Patrol was the first one they talked about. So season two of Doom Patrol will come out concurrently on hbo max and on dc universe um it, probably the biggest handcuff on dc universe is that it's only available in the yeah. states yeah, yeah so like up here it's you can see all the shows but they're splintered across like showtime and netflix. showcase and yeah netflix yeah. and some of them are simultaneous some of them are huge weights some of them are kind of one or two week delays and well, whatnot yeah, justice is ytv which is every week yeah but then we'll get uh titans the whole series run on Netflix after and, like after months and after yeah a few yeah. months and then but like Swamp Thing it was like three episodes and then they started showing them on Showcase yeah 
So, yeah, I got to see the whole series just on cable yeah. without paying for the subscription yeah, yeah, for it's this. Pretty messy. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. And it's like you split your audience there too, right? And like the thing with DC, it's the same with I think what Marvel or Star Wars would even suffer with mm. is that, yeah, sure, you can have the movies there and the past stuff, but you run out of new content and you run out of people driving. At least with HBO Max, like they're running the Game of Thrones stuff's going to be on there. They had announced a whole bunch of other stuff and they're throwing money at things now, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the, the big announcement was that like the, that uh jj abrams and um jordan peele are yeah. doing a lovecraft show together so that's kind of the first abrams project because he got paid what five five hundred million five hundred million yeah yeah million, for yeah. exclusive rights which i'm sure now that benny out from weiser out that lucasfilm's thinking hmm yeah <laughs> that robot might have been yeah. the right choice and there there's rumors that he's He's pegged to shepherd some big DC projects. Yeah. Uh, the big announcement today was Green Lantern TV show yes. done by Berlanti, $100 million budget. And that came out from like Warner Brothers themselves. Yeah. And is this still in the CW verse then? Because that's Berlanti stuff. I don't know if it, well, but Titans is Berlanti too. Right, and yeah. that's hundred million bucks. Yeah. That ain't in the CW show, <laughs> <laughs> especially after that Wonder Woman where yeah. Supergirl trailer. I don't know if you guys saw it. But yeah, I, yeah, that was like two dollars. <laughs> yeah, cool. that whole episode was hilarious. It was so rough. I was like, why? Why is Supergirl in this episode of Power Rangers? Yes. Well, I'm stuck on YTV. <laughs> Even her jumping in the bullet. It was. I was like, is this a joke? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it almost like a parody. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, hundred million bucks though. Yeah, and I'm sure that all that CW stuff will get folded into oh, yeah. um, HBO Max. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And you know what? It has a following, and like people love that CW stuff. So, oh, yeah. Um, I kind of fell off it myself. My wife, she's like ride or die with Arrow. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you got that big crossover coming up, too. Oh, yeah, I gotta yeah. check that out. What, what do you think this does, though, for a Green Lantern movie? To be honest, like, I think the stink is still on Green Lantern. Yeah. Like, he's the punchline to everything. So, I think they need to hit that green lantern show and hit it hard and like really wash the Ryan Reynolds out of everybody's mouth yeah. and then generate a new fan base. Right. Cause there's only so many guys like us that are mm-hmm. fans of the character because of the comics and mm-hmm. appreciate all the cool things that are involved with it. There's for every one guy that's a hardcore green lantern corpse fan. There's 150 of them that right. think he's a laughing stock, right? So well, it's, it, but the problem is with the Ryan Reynolds stuff is they, he keeps bringing it up. He's bringing it up <laughs> because he did yeah. an interview. There's he's doing a movie with Taika Waititi here in a little bit, and the two of them were in it, right? Yeah. And they're both joking. Uh, they had another one of the actors from Stranger Things, the the, the kind of the one teenage boy, was joking like because Ryan Reynolds and Taika Waititi were going back. For, I, we've been looking forward to working with each other for so long. We just could never align our schedules and all this. And then they're like, weren't you guys in Green Lantern together? And like, no, no. And then they pan away and they pan back and they're both gone. <laughs> like, so it's like, like you said, it's literally a punchline. Oh, no. You know, the Deadpool movies, it's a punchline. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Well, but the thing is with Green Lantern, you think it'd be pretty easy enough with this much time passed that you could just literally like pick any other character, but how? Because, I mean, like, when you look at, like, a yeah. Spider-Man movie, like, it's, like, you could go Miles, but that's that's a little risky. Or if you look at Deadpool, there's only one Deadpool. You can't really recast Superman, same thing. But Green Lantern Corps, like, you could do so many other yeah. characters. You think by now, I mean, we had the little taste in Wonder Woman. Was it Wonder No, Justice League? Was it Wonder Woman when we saw the Green Lantern? Justice League. You yeah. know what I mean? So we've got that one little taste there on the big screen. It's crazy. John Stewart's right there. Like, I think if you're doing it, you need that's to do... That's what I'm saying. Big yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and I like a hundred million dollar budget, some time, some effort. I think that this is really gonna work. Like, 
we're into the streaming wars at this point, right? Yeah. And this is where a lot of money is being diverted. Like, yeah. this is Disney's big play at the Disney Plus. Like, Apple Plus now. Yeah. HBO Max. Like, yeah. everything is coming at us from the streaming service. So, the money, you can't put in cable network money no. into these shows, no. right? Like, these are big shows. Like, yeah. you look at what Disney's putting into The Mandalorian. That's a hundred series. as well, isn't Yeah, it? it's a hundred yeah. million. And it looks... Oh, we're going to get into man. it. It's but, cinematic. Yeah, oh. if you, like, to spin it this way, like... I'd almost argue that people seem more excited about The Mandalorian than Rise of Skywalker, yeah. I, which is crazy. Yeah. I th- and I think that's that's the general sentiment. Yeah. I've talked yeah. to a few guys, Grabs included, yeah. said he's more excited for November 12th than they are for December 18th yeah. or 19th, whatever yeah. it is. I, and I wouldn't even argue that. Yeah. No, I don't. Yeah. It's hard to argue. Like I am super stoked to see the end of the saga, but I'm more intrigued about what The Mandalorian is going to be. You've mm-hmm. got a great set of, of people producing this, putting the efforts behind it. It looks awesome. We're gonna get into the trailer a little later on, yeah. but it goes to show you that like, can, can you build more hype for your streaming service than you can for your big stream releases? I don't want to see streaming eclipse the films, and you no longer have these big films. I still love that experience. Course, the experience yeah. is changing. Yeah, but I want both. I'm gonna be greedy like that. Well, yeah. especially because we've been hit with a Star Wars film basically every year. Yeah, you know, this is the longest break we've had since the 2015. Yeah. So I think we're getting to a point where it's like we want to cool out from the big screen experience of Star Wars and check out this live action uh, film right here, especially what it's going to do for the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. <sighs> well, and then we're getting stories that we want on the big screen, but then they're saying, oh, you can have it over six or eight episodes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> you know, and we're also going to give you big screen films. So yeah. I-, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how these streaming wars really turn out. And HBO Max turned out the heat here with DC. You know, we've got all the big players now. Yeah. that have a platform to do streaming service, big budget streaming service content. So it's going to be fantastic. Like this is a win, win, win for all of all us, us sitting at the table yeah. and all of us in this fandom yeah. is that we're going to be getting content until the end of time and quality content too. Oh yeah. Yeah. We're kind of like the tainted crowd because obviously we have our bias, but it's like looking at it, like HBO Max and Disney Plus. I think I could be happy just with yeah. those two services yeah. well, and nothing the, else. The HBO Max is $14.99 a month. Which yeah. is like double the price of what's I guess equivalent to Netflix, double the price of Disney yeah, Plus. Yeah. But at the same time, between Netflix, HBO Plus, and this, like that's like less than half of my cable bill yeah. currently. Well, <laughs> and at the same time, like, would you buy HBO Max or Netflix if you could only have one? Because Netflix costs me fifteen bucks yeah. a month. I don't know. It depends on what disappears from Netflix over the next couple of yeah. years. Yeah. As, yeah. as these services start clawing back, or as the production companies not start clawing back their content from Netflix. Um, you're gonna see Netflix lose a lot, right? Because yeah, I haven't been impressed with Netflix content as of late, to be honest. So it's been a revisit and a lot of old stuff for me, like The Office and that. Yeah, if, if I had to go with H, I'd probably go with HBO at this moment because they're obviously getting like the Game of Thrones, yep. the Sopranos, The Wire, all that. Well, they're kind talking of stuff. about probably. I'm sure right. you're gonna get a Game of Thrones series on there. There I mean, is they came yeah. from the Targaryen, yeah, like, yeah. lineage. And that Watchmen yeah. show sounds pretty nice, right? Oh, so second man. episode dropped last night. If you listen to this now, what two yeah. nights ago, three nights yeah. ago. Um, yeah, man. So I think I would be on camp HBO between that and Netflix. Yeah, to me, definitely trial six months. Yeah, you get it, whatever. Like yeah. sign up. It, it, you, we got it. Like yeah, it's, we have to. And you got to think like Warner Brothers has been around for a hundred yeah. years, and they said they're gonna have their back catalog. So yeah, that's, that's crazy. That's huge. <laughs> Batman Forever all day, man. Come on, <laughs> you, you can have it. <laughs> Speaking about the backs. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about his next iteration. Yeah. We've been getting a lot of casting rumors coming out, 
for the Batman. This is Matt Reeves' Batman starring Robert Battinson yeah. himself. We talked about, what was her name? Um, Zoe, Zoe Kravitz. Uh, Kravitz, Kravitz, yes. Yeah. Playing Selena Kyle. And a lot of rumors. And we spoke about this a few weeks ago about Jonah Hill and who he's going to play. He dropped out. And immediately after him dropping out, we've got word that Paul Dano, you know, he played he was in Little Miss Sunshine. He was in, what was the movie we are talking about before? Prisoners. Prisoners, yes. Thank you. Uh, there Will Be Blood. Yeah. Very, very good actor. He's playing the Riddler, and man, does he ever fit the role. Yeah, I love his look, and he's got that kind of devious, subversive type look. He's got the body type for yeah, it. Yeah, 100%. Like, I, like Jonah Hill, like all credit to him, talented guy, Oscar nominee, but like just at first blush, put the two guys next to each other. It's like, yeah, that dude's the Riddler. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like you look at his performance in Prisoners, or the other one was 12 Years a Slave. Yeah. Like he's just despicable and vile and you hate him but he does such an amazing job yeah. in the role like yeah. i can't uh, yeah prisoners is a is this really spooky portrayal he does yeah um yeah he's it's pretty twisted yeah but yeah he, to me it gets it he's got the chops and it'd be interesting to see where he can take this character because the riddler is the one character i've been dying to see on film since jim carrey mm-hmm. i've been looking for a nolan sort of take if that you can Leo. put it out yeah oh, that, that, that kind of more yeah. grounded not the goofy Jim Carrey, almost cartoon-esque type of Riddler. Yeah. I want something that's, you know, really almost cerebral, right? Yeah. Well, on the TV, like on the, the Batman cartoon. Yeah. Like the one, I think it was like early 2000s. Basically when Begins kind of came out around that time. Right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, that's what they did with the Riddler. And he was super smart and he was uh, like just straight laced no no camp no joking around like he but he came off he came off like scary almost yeah and deadly he had this he had this funky marilyn manson look that your mileage may vary i <laughs> a i kind of did in that show <laughs> yeah i kind of i kind of dug it but uh um, yeah. yeah if they do something like that with the riddler where he's just menacing and threatening and always feels like he's six steps ahead of you yeah yeah it could be something pretty special yeah you know? well that's what i want and i mean we were just talking about uh walking phoenix's performance and this again this is something that we um, are starving for in the DC films, especially for a Batman film. I mean, this guy's been surrounded by talent like Tulio Edgeford from 12 Years, you know, obviously Hugh Jackman, um, who's the other guy, Mysterio. Jake uh, Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal. Like, the people that this guy's been working with is crazy. So to see what they're putting in this film, you have a director like Matt Reeves behind it. Yeah. And I can't wait to see, man, just on an acting level as a whole, what's going on in this Batman well, film. Well, they're taking their time with this. We're getting casting news yeah. in 2019. The movie doesn't come out until 2021. Yeah, and when did they announce it? Like twenty seventeen, twenty sixteen. Yeah, just just on the heels of BVS. Basically, well, right. I, I remember going to Lego Batman yeah. and just like totally freaking out in the car and in the uh, theater lobby yeah. and like, but I was like, Colleen, they cast Matt or Matt Reeves is doing Batman. Batman and she's yeah. like, I have no idea who that is. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? But yeah, we were there to see Lego Batman, and I was like almost distracted by the Matt Reeves news. So That's, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because at that point it was meant to be Ben writing and obviously playing the role and directing and, 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 directing. and directing, and then Reeves was just to direct and yeah, Affleck yeah. was to write and starring it, obviously, right? Yeah, and now it's it's slowly it's progressing to different. yeah what yeah. it is now, yeah, which could be a complete reboot on Batman. Oh, I think it is. I think it is at this point, especially. Have they confirmed if Homeboy's playing uh, Commissioner Gordon yet from Hunger Games? Jeffrey Wright? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. I remember if they. It is I think, I think it's, yeah. I think it is official. So, um, yeah, basically with the cast that they got going in here, I'd say it's it's 
probably not going in the direction of Joker, but not attaching himself to the DCEU. No, same time. this is probably my most look forward to DC property in the next couple of years. Oh yeah, yeah, it, it's got it's got the right ingredients to me that it, you put it all together and you give it the time and space. Mm-hmm. Again, you gotta give that creativity to Matt Reeves. And I think they can actually craft something super special here. Uh, because coming up here in the not too distant future, the next DC film we're going to see is Wonder Woman 84, which I'm also quite excited about. Birds of Prey. Oh, and is Birds of Prey before that? Emancipation yeah, of yeah, Wonder Oh, yes, it's February. Yeah. We don't have to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I'm totally excited about that. For some reason, I thought Wonder Woman came out earlier. No, but Birds I guess, of Prey is yeah, early, Birds of Prey is yeah. new. It's February. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, Wonder Woman's June, right? Yeah, yeah, I believe. Yeah, yeah it's June fifth or something like that. Yeah, but so again, my dates a little mixed up there. But maybe that's just my anticipation talking through here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we're getting our first trailer. You know, this is a movie that's been pushed quite a bit, mm-hmm. um, upwards six eight months, I believe. And CCXP, this is a, the San Paulo, Brazil Comic Con. Now this is a, a weird Comic Con because I guess we're a bit more dislocated from the Brazilian, I guess really what they're doing down there as far as comic cons but like we saw in paris this weekend there's a lot of stuff coming globally from these bigger comic cons. brazil has a huge population and clearly a lot of people that are quite engaged in this our boy izzy brazilian himself so it's uh it's exciting to see and they did some stuff i believe last year at ccxp or in the years past with dc as well so dc has a little bit of history down there so on december 8th in brazil we're going to be getting the first Wonder Woman 84 trailer. So very exciting to see that. But also, Patty Jenkins, she's, she's been out there and kind of slowly seeding, building the momentum for this film. We're going to think really see the marketing take off here with the debut of the trailer in December. But she tossed out an image on Twitter and says, well, hello, Max. And it's Maxwell lord maxwell lord there we go there we go so people are speculating what she means here and we've all pretty much made the leap that this is potentially pedro pascal of mandalorian or of to be mandalorian fame Mm -hmm. i will say but people are saying that this is likely his character so can you guys enlighten me just a little bit who this guy is and why i should be excited that pedro pascal pascal is playing him uh well yeah he, he kind of rose to prominence and popularity in like the justice league international and justice league task force books in yeah. the late 80s early 90s and he was almost he he was like a, so he ran an organization called checkmate mm-hmm. and checkmate was kind of the dc equivalent of shield and so he would be your nick fury but he was a bit more devious than that and he Basically, if you amalgamated Nick Fury and Amanda Waller, okay. you'd have Maxwell Lord. Okay, so there you go. He, he wasn't as upstanding as Nick typically is, and he, he wasn't um, uh, opposed to some dirty tactics like Amanda Waller kind of thing. So that's that was Maxwell Lord. And so he actually ran uh, Checkmate, and he also uh, was involved in Justice League International and in like that book had a bit of a camp feel to it, but he was almost like Oscar from yeah. Charlie's Angels, okay. where yeah. he'd send them out on missions and all that kind of stuff. And then uh, he had mind manipulation powers. And then as years went on, and he kind of faded into the background, um, they did a big storyline, and he ended up possessing Superman. And Superman and Wonder Woman had to fight to the death, pretty much type of thing, and he wouldn't relent. 
And so as Superman was attempting to kill Wonder Woman. And we have that statue with Superman and Wonder Woman fighting that you see in yeah. our house. And that's what that's from. Okay. And inspired by. And so <laughs> she, instead of killing Superman, figures out that this is what's happening. And it, it's been years since I read it. But I think Batman was feeding her the information as to what's going on. And so she actually beats Bruce to Maxwell Lord's um, point. And she finds him and just twists his head off. Literally. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Diana. Jeez. So, yeah. What's it? So, what is? Do you think this has anything to do with? I believe it's Brother Eye. Mm-hmm. Brother Eye. Yeah. Kind of like this. Well, we saw the screens. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Well, I'm thinking like the image? the kind of Orwellian 1984 type. Yeah, of... Omax. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they might. I. You know, him running mean? something like that. Like he, when you when, as soon as you said that he was running something that was akin to Shield. Yeah. I'm thinking okay, this because somebody's been talking about Brother Eye mm. about maybe being something here and kind of the the, oh, the 1980 because it's 84 mm-hmm. that Orwellian type of leap that we've been kind of making and kind of the the government spying and all this and Wonder Woman trying to get in behind a little bit of that. That's the leap I made. I might be making too much of a leap, but that's kind of where my head goes. Yeah, no, and that that certainly makes sense. And that seems like the type of story that they could... Because when they first conceived the project and they asked Patty Jenkins about the title and she said 1984 represents humanity at its best and at its worst mm. so yeah i can kind of see fashion was good <laughs> oh fashion was on point <laughs> yeah man rocking that red thriller jacket with there, all we zippers. Go. there we go yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah um see for me I, I was curious about that with espionage because with wonder woman i always think i mean i'm an azuelo guy when it comes to wonder woman so i always think of bombastic you know fighting gods action-based right i'm not really thinking of her sinking around much but i mean this this could be a completely different take is that very familiar in the wonder woman comics before azarello like was she sneaking around or was it very action-based yeah like well she was like a spy spy in the 70s cool so like yeah she had like a i think she had like a fashion store kind of thing and she was like a designer and then we're going like spy missions and stuff okay cool she had this funky white costume and stuff yeah for for a minute um (laughs) and then even recently like some of the stuff the rebirth stuff uh no oh, pre rebirth pre new fifty two but yeah she was she was a spy and like United Nations emissary and stuff like that okay. so, so yeah it's familiar almost, territory for yeah and okay. like you I think the part that everybody's forgotten about is the cheetahs in this movie too yeah mm-hmm. and Steve Trevor yeah we've seen tease so there will be some mystic components to it and yeah. some magic and yeah I don't know like you. So what was the organization that Steve Trevor worked for again at least going into new fifty two. Because it's something kind of like an aim, kind of like a... Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? He worked for another organization too, but that's not Checkmate. That's that's completely different then. No. Um, I can't remember what okay. it was off the top of my head. but Or sometimes he's just like part of the U.S. government, right? right? Okay. So, mm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's, it's super intriguing. I'm getting a real... Um, because I'm going to draw to something that I know, a real kind of Winter Soldier... Oh, there it is. Type yeah, vibe, yeah, political you know? thriller. Yeah, yeah man. so off of this. So we'll see. I'm excited to see the trailer on this because we haven't seen really anything and they've been at this. I remember the set photos were coming out. <clears throat> Got to be close to a year ago. Yeah, well, the movie was supposed to come out this December yeah. and Warner Brothers, the film was finished. There was no issues with it or anything like that. But they just, for financial reasons, decided to push it no. to Dece- or to June. Was it for the China market? Because wasn't there something with the timing they can get to China? can get the film out yeah maybe yeah like we're walking yeah. away from star wars here yeah. and uh jumanji jumanji yeah. 2 and all that so and then there's frozen still stuck in there and yeah. kind of mid to late november so pretty busy december i think it's a smart move you know getting yeah. back because that's what it was released in june i believe it's first go yeah 
um, which seemed like a really good slot for it. Yeah, yeah, like early I, summer. I, I listened to an interview with Patty Jenkins, and she was saying like she expressed her disappointment that they pushed it because she's like the movie's ready to go now. Mm. Like I could, I've shown it to people, and and that was back in like August. Yeah, wow, so, that's yeah, a few minutes ago. Yeah, Holy. so interesting crazy stuff yeah. so like yeah looking for that guys it's coming december 8th again down at uh, ccxp mm-hmm. but as we move away from dc and into star wars here we got a few things to talk about yeah troy's here over admiring <laughs> spider-man yeah. <laughs> yeah always always thinking about the hunt <laughs> we're gonna talk about star wars here now last week we reviewed the rise of skywalker trailer and you know we had a ton of fun breaking that down throwing some theories out carlos did you have a, a chance to check that out as someone that's a little bit more on the periphery you know so much to how i am on the dc universe what are your thoughts on that that trailer oh i loved it it, yeah. it totally totally did its job right it had imagery that fascinated me it had um some of those dialogue points in the monologue that having learned the lessons from force awakens and the last jedi it's like okay this is a lie the images don't match up with (laughs) what they're saying what they're saying is going to have some profound impact in what i see on the film kind of thing so yeah i was captivated i was it took me places that i didn't expect to go yeah um i love it i'm (laughs) super curious i love the imagery i yeah, everything. Yeah. Like, I think the curiosity is the important piece of it. Yeah. You know, especially for, you know, we bought, like we said, we bought the 16 tickets you're coming with. You yeah. know, we're going well, up you to, know to it, kind of one of your home oh, theaters gosh. too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which oh. is which is nice. So it's going to be yeah, a ton of fun. And um, one of the things that we've got a bit of insight into for The Rise of Skywalker. Now, Charles Soule, he's writing a book called yes. The Rise of Kylo Ren, a five-issue miniseries. It's set to drop, I believe, on December 18th. So that is the day before or the day of the, well, I guess it would be the Wednesday. So be the day before the preview screenings and charles sold known for a lot of stories writing lando series he did a fantastic darth vader series mm-hmm. the second one of that we've hailed that as probably the best Star Wars comic that's come out in the last decade or so yep. if not one of the best comic book period yeah uh, he's done some fantastic stuff. They seem to give him a lot of leash in this environment with regards to writing Star Wars. You know, one of the things that we've common, we've you know, provided some commentary around is that we've, we're kind of stuck in this time frame and we're expanding on a, a very minimal amount of character and the space that they want to move in is limited because they don't know what they want to do in the film universe, right? And they've kind of came out with this broad statement that everything that they do point forward from the Disney reset is canon, including the comic books. So it's hard keeping track of all of that. But Charles Soule, for whatever reason, he's a fantastic writer. He's done some great stuff, both in Marvel, some independent stuff, and also Star Wars. He's been given a lot of that creative freedom, and they're giving it to him here again because he released via Twitter the image for the second cover of this rise of kylo ren which i think is coming out in january 2020 the actual issue but the cover has created quite a buzz and given that we talked about the rise of skywalker and you know we're going to see the end of the skywalker saga here as it's being really portrayed by disney by lucasfilm and all the advertising but this this comic calls into question some of our writing theories out of the Force Awakens, out of the Last Jedi, and even going into the Rise of Skywalker last week. And it's regards to what we see here. We got a young Ben Solo lighting up that blue lightsaber back to back with a Mark Hamill, a younger looking Luke Skywalker, Master Luke Skywalker, with that green lightsaber going toe to toe with the Knights of Ren. And one of the Knights of Ren standing in the background has a red lightsaber lit up. And my thought and theory is always going with the Knights of Ren is that they were part of the fallen 
students from Luke's academy that we saw burnt down by Kylo Ren, that Kylo Ren was always the leader of these guys, and that this is kind of his group of cronies. They took off, masked up, um, and did their thing. But it looks like the Knights of Ren were well-established before Ben Solo's turn. So, Troy, what does this cover do for your thoughts as to what the Knights of Ren and how they're going to be played in the film, but also what they're going to do with potentially Ben Solo, mm-hmm. Ben Solo specifically, yeah, in the Rise of Skywalker? How are they going to really tie this up? And is this book going to have way more implications than we had originally anticipated? Definitely, definitely. This is this is cool. Yeah, because I think everybody was on board thinking that you know, like just like what you said, you know, Luke's fallen Padawans or students um, mm-hmm. ran off with Kylo or Ben, and then they made the Knights of Ren. But completely backwards. I, I believe I read the little synopsis. I don't know if I can talk. I mean, it's out there. Say spoilers. Say, Say spoilers. Yeah. So spoilers. But I believe basically these Knights of Ren are found on the Outer Rim. Mm-hmm. So this book takes place on the outskirts where we've always been wanting to kind of go because yeah. we never really explore there. I think last time we did it was with the uh, Thrawn trilogy or the Thrawn book with uh, yeah. Thrawn Alliances yeah. with Anakin there. But um, yeah, so I believe these guys or at least one of them is capable of welding a lightsaber which yeah. is pretty cool it's on the cover man and it's on the cover and these guys go and chase them and i think there's we're gonna there's some kind of relationship that we see too early on with uh snoke mm-hmm. who befriends kylo ren he's kind of like the his confident kind of like what palpatine is with yeah. anakin throughout the whole trilogy so it's gonna be really cool oh. to see that kind of stuff it's gonna be filling in some gaps because i feel like i don't want to keep going there but i feel like this is something that was just missing somewhere in the trilogy that we needed kind of filled in so um really excited to see a young Ben. We're going to get Luke using his lightsaber. I think this is the Luke that we kind of want to see. Mm-hmm. They've done a pretty good job, to be honest, in the comic books. I don't know much about the main Star Wars comic books because I haven't been keeping up with those. But anytime we get Luke and like these tie-ins, like uh, Resistance and stuff like that, um, and even Shattered Empire, like Luke Shattered is, Empire is good, yeah. Luke's holding it down with that green blade. So can't wait to see what's going on. The art looks so cool on the cover too. Every time Charles Soule does one of these oh. books, the art is awesome. Last time he teamed up with my boy Giuseppe and mm, Vader looks yeah. superior. Can't wait to see what's going on in this book. Yeah, man. it's super exciting. Do you, yeah. you think you're going to jump into this one at all? Do you, do you think that Star Wars has enough of a pull for you now that we've kind of slowly are pulling you towards? <laughs> man, you made me read a book. I, I read a full old book. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, which I loved. Uh, yeah, you know what, these, this is one of those things, like, I've talked about with you guys before, like, offline, like, just, these are the little pieces that fascinate me the most, is the story where you left it, and then you're showing me a movie, but you didn't give me all the pieces as to how we got there, right? So, um, with The Force Awakens and Kylo Ren's journey, I kind of forgave it a bit, because they just dump you in with the character right away, and, and take you off, and... They give you kind of enough to put mm-hmm. it together. It's like, okay, well, yeah, he's Han and Leia's kid. Yeah. Uncle Luke trains him and it goes bad. But this is fascinating to see the yeah. minutiae of the fall and kind of, you know, maybe him and Luke fight these guys. And then when Luke and Kylo have their falling out, that's who he seeks yeah. out to right. after his That fall. seems to be what it's implying, right? Yeah, because I believe that... Uh, spoilers? Spoilers, spoilers again? Say spoilers again. Spoiler alert. Yeah. So I again believe they say that Kylo, it's Kylo that takes out the one with the blade. Okay. So he's the one to become the leader. Oh, so he kind of basically. like assumes that, yeah. like that mantle almost. Like Something like that. You and defeated our leader, so now you're our leader type yeah. thing? Yeah, yeah. So. Interesting. Like, be cool. Uh, you know, this this thing, the nice thing about this, for those that don't read comic books, Star Wars comic books in particular, and I don't read a ton right now. Yeah. I, I read a few, the, the kind of the big maxi series and that, that they're doing. But 
I think it's consumable because it's five issues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? It's Charles Soule, who's one of the best Star Wars writers we have out there. Yeah. Uh, so Claudia Gray, Claudia Gray. Yeah. Oh, tandem. Yeah. I, I don't know. I love stuff like this. And I think, to me, Kylo Ren is probably the character I'm most fascinated by in the new saga. Mm-hmm. Like, Ray is great, but Kylo Ren, for some reason, just intrigues me. I love the look of the mask. I got quite a few Kylo Ren figures up here because I love the look. Force Awakens more so or For, Last yeah, Jedi? I've watched Force Awakens twice yeah. in the last two days. So good, man. <laughs> so my daughter loves it. Yeah. But I like the look in Force Awakens better. It's, like, he's got the tattered type of type of cape, yeah. different type of robe on, yeah, the big belt. Like, Grim Weeper like. Yes, right? exactly. Yeah. When he's got the hood up. Yeah. So on his voice. Yeah, his oh, voice yeah. is great. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited they're going back towards that look in The Rise of Skywalker mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. It's that original Kylo Ren. Look, it looks like he's going to have a bit of both. But the mask off Kylo didn't love in The Last Jedi. To me, it's just, I like that masked villain yeah. in Star Wars. Like, you look at almost every Star Wars villain. Yeah. They're masked to some Well, you got capacity. Revan, yeah. obviously, right? You got Vader, then you got Kylo. Yeah. Even Palpatine's so always got the cloak, cloak over his face. Yes, the shade under the, yeah. the eyes there. Yeah. I don't know. This this Charles Soul guy, like, this is, I think, is going to be fantastic. I think so. It's going to be a nice addition to or supplement to the film universe is going to fill in the gap. The only thing that worries me a bit about it is that because they're doing this, they're not going to do it in the film. Yeah. I'd love to see something like this where you've got Hamill reprising that younger role oh. and the flashback to them fighting the Knights yeah. of Ren. We may still get it. And this just yeah. may be a tease on expanding on that. Mm-hmm. But to see that live, even if it's just like a 10 second clip. Yeah. I don't know. So mm-hmm. we'll see our special on Disney plus. Yeah. Uh, Sebastian Stan, man. There Bring you back. go. Or bring him. Just <laughs> yeah. do it. Yeah. Um, going from kind of that that big high on Star Wars, Rise of Skywalker, that mm-hmm. to kind of where the lower ends here. Now we don't know, or we had an idea, I guess, what Star Wars is going to look like post the Rise of Skywalker, at least on the big screen. TV is a bit more sorted out. Mandalorian. Uh, the Obi-Wan series, Cassian Andor series, Mandalorian Season 2, that seems to have a path in front of it, a, a forward-moving direction, where the big screen had some, but we were taking a three-year hiatus. 2022 was the next expected film to be released, and that was supposed to be done, as confirmed by Kathleen Kennedy Lucasfilm, to be the Benioff and Weiss series of films that they were putting together to be released in 2022, 24, 26. They were kind of put on the spot by Bobby Iger with regards to that release date. And we know in the background that they also signed a $250 million deal, I believe, with Netflix Mm -hmm. to produce a ton of content for them. And there's always a bit of speculation. How are we going to do this? Like Star Wars and a $250 net, like where are you going (laughs) to split your time here? That's, That's a huge commitment. And it seems that the Netflix won out (laughs) because it was released today and confirmed today that Benioff and Weiss will be departing Lucasfilm and that film series in favor, you know, without being so explicit in the net of the Netflix stuff saying and citing timing. They didn't have enough time to put the effort into Star Wars. It seemed like a relatively amicable split. You know, they had a statement saying that they still love Star Wars and what George Lucas built and how it built them and how it's inspired all of them. Captain Kennedy came out and said, you know, we'd like to do something with them in the future if they have time. I doubt we're ever going to see these two come back together. But it does put a big question mark as to what is next for Star Wars. We still have the Ryan Johnson trilogy, which is out there, which has no confirmed release dates. Troy's rolling his eyes at me. I don't know. This news kind of made me question that <laughs> happening too well and a lot of people have been speculating on that because we don't have a lot ryan johnson has come out a bit more recently and said it's still happening he's working on it maybe this 
really pushes this to the forefront and gets the Ryan Johnson trilogy kind of a kick in the ass and that we have to do this? Or do they take a bigger hiatus? You know, can we go five years without a Star Wars film on the big screen? Try like, what are your overall thoughts on, you know, D&D, Dungeons and Dragons, whatever you want to call them, David and David, Game of Thrones guys. You know, yeah. you watched the last season of Game of Thrones and they got a lot of flack for that. You yeah. know, once they lost the material from George R. Martin, from George R. Martin yeah. so they didn't have any story to go from. People were attributing some of that to this, that they lost some of the creative juices there. Yeah. Thoughts on, on their exit here? Uh, it's, it's honestly nothing new, it seems to be, with these directors <laughs> and writers leaving Disney. I mean, we, you go back to Trank. And you go back to Thor and Miller. Yeah. And who else did we have? Um, uh, your boy, uh, Jurassic Park. Um, oh, Trevorrow. Trevorrow, yeah. As well. And it's always like, oh, we're leaving on, you know, so-and-so turns. But what else are you going to say? Like, you can't say no. No, there's no bad gonna... blood. And you don't want to say that about Disney. Well, they're pretty pretty explicit about Lord Miller, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is funny because, I mean, going into Solo, we, we've you know, learned a couple other things of what they kept of their stuff. Yeah. And some of their stuff was actually better than Ron Howard's stuff. So... Which is kind of funny. And then they end up winning an Oscar with Spider-Man. But, um, <laughs> yeah, they'll, but they'll be all right. They'll be okay. But um, no, I, I feel like Disney's still going to pump out those slots. I think those slots are going to stay. I don't think it's a coincidence that we've heard like the best guy in town, Kevin Feige, is now doing a Star Wars film. Yeah. That can't be a coincidence. You know, I didn't make that leap until mm-hmm. you just said that. Yeah. That maybe there's no coincidence that yeah. they've leaked that. Okay, yeah, Feige's, you know, don't worry, guys. Yeah, that's very safe, right? Yeah. That's pretty reassuring. That we're in good hands when you have something like that. So I'm not too worried. Um, if anything, though, maybe they're going to just, you know, step back from these announcing trilogies. Maybe we're just going to get more films kind of in random or in anthology films all within canon. But we're not going to go out there and swing big with a trilogy. Or they keep the trilogy and you give us someone like um, um, my boy Dave Filoni. You finally let that guy direct with a little name tied along like uh, like... Kevin Feige or Favreau just to give you a little bit because he's the first credit, time director. Man. That's all you need. Yeah. Just a stamp. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so I, I think that's somewhere because if anyone could pull off a, like that vision going in the director route it's it's Dave Filoni yeah. hands down. That guy we, you know, we talked about some of the best already which is Claudia Gray and then Charles Soule and then next obviously or if, if not above it's Dave Filoni. That yeah. guy's done no wrong, except the Clone Wars movie, but he's come a long way since then. He's also George Lucas's protege. Yeah. Personally trained, trained protege. No, nobody understands the Force or this world better no. than Filoni. Yeah. So right. I think that's something we could very well see. That's a lot of time, too. I mean, coming off of uh, Mandalorian that we got, mm-hmm. that's a lot of prep work that this guy's been doing. Training ground, man, as far as I can serve right live there. action. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're grooming this guy for something. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. What's your take on Benny and Weiss? You know, like, I, when I heard that they left to go to do this Netflix deal, I was almost a little resentful because I totally bought into the, we sacrificed Game of Thrones so that we could yeah. go off and do Star Wars. Because <laughs> yeah. it's just like, yeah, like, I, I loved Game of Thrones hardcore. Yeah. And yeah. even, like, the last season was fine, but it just, you could tell it needed more room to breathe. For sure. It, if I think they ended up doing six or eight episodes, kind of supersized ones, but it should have been a 10 or 15, and... You could have ended up exactly where you ended up, but given the story, like we had entire seasons about a group trying to cross a bridge and then you go through this season of Game of Thrones and it's like, we'll wrap up every single storyline over a couple hours type of thing. So yeah, yeah, I I was, I was a little put off that it's like, well, you guys 
sacrificed a great product and a great show. And you think about where Game of Thrones was in the cultural zeitgeist oh. before this season, and yeah. now it's like the it's the Green Lantern of <laughs> <laughs> fantasy properties. Let's petition. Let's remake <laughs> season seven or whatever it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and so yeah, for them to bail, like I, I don't know. Um, hard to say what they would have brought to the table yeah. with something that would have been kind of grassroots for them right because yeah. they were just farming george rr R. martin stuff with yeah. game of thrones but well they can they can mine a lot or they could have mined a lot of the original extended universe stuff right but to be honest with you i'm glad this is now yeah. and not any year from now when they're already starting production yeah or yeah. when they're kind of so far down the line that it's like okay what do we do now mm-hmm. at least this, they have the opportunity to step back and i'm okay with star wars films being event films we're yeah. gonna get enough content from that universe to really satisfy us over the next couple of years with the Disney Plus stuff, with comic books, with books, with conventions and collecting and all. Star Wars is never going to disappear from our fingertips, right? It's always going to be there. And they just have to kind of re- restructure it. It's been proven and it has continued to prove that stores isn't Marvel. They yeah. can't do that type of storytelling. And they're not, for whatever reason, it just doesn't work. I can't quite put my finger on it, <laughs> but we want more and more marvel like we're gonna get four films in 2021 from marvel which is insane but we're gonna consume it and we're gonna love it i know we are yeah but you've got four star wars films in a year it's just not gonna work right it's just it just would be like overload for for star wars and i just don't think fandom i don't think the general audience will consume it the same way they consume Marvel movies. Maybe it's because we have a lot more, a lot more diversity in characters in Marvel and diversity in filmmaking where we've seen a lot of Star Wars really collapse in to the safe space. The Mandalorian might be your first step away from that. Yeah. Um, Rogue One and Solo, yes, they were solo features, but they felt very familiar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think Mandalorian, I think that's what a lot of us are excited about. It's going to take a step sideways. And yeah, it's going to feel familiar, but we're going to need some pretty crazy stuff in it, I think. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be a little more adult, which is what a lot of adults have been kind of craving yeah. of this property. Um, live, at least, or, or live action. Well, yeah. and if we're being honest, like that's kind of their audience, right? Like yeah. I, I think their audience skews 15 years older for Star Wars than it does Marvel. Oh, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Yeah, and if these guys don't fit, I'm like, cool, whatever. Yeah. Just yeah. give me good content. Well, that's just it, right? Because, I mean, they can run these stories as much as they want, but once they start losing money or once, you know... Once you the reaction lose. starts going kind of sideways because because I do feel Disney is in a course correction as of the last one hundred percent you know couple eight months or so yeah I feel like they've been on a course correct especially giving us announcements like Kevin Feige and you know giving us more stuff with um with Mandalorian basically it's that celebration things have really been turning around yeah well I agree with you yeah. my my fandom dipped for yeah. sure yeah. Yeah. You know, after the you know the reaction to the Last Jedi, which I've rewatched a couple times mm-hmm. in the last two weeks, and yeah. I, I I'm starting to really enjoy that film again, just for what it is. Yeah, and I think that's what fandom needs a bit of, right? Is yeah. that that course correction? And Bob Iger's come out and said, like he admits to the mistake of Solo, like yeah. we rushed this out. They also went in, and we've talked about this, you know, almost endlessly, that they went in thinking that Star Wars was bulletproof. Definitely. That they could slap it onto anything yeah. and it will make a billion dollars. Yeah. And it's it slowly started to dip off. And even you look at the ticket sales for Rise of Skywalker, yeah, it did fantastic in the first hour, but they're talking about it being the lowest opening weekend in the new Saga trilogy, with the exception of Solo. Yeah, because it's projected at the high end 210 two, or something like that. Two twenty. Like and which, then low end 190. Yeah, which is, I think 220 was The Last Jedi. 
Yeah, the opening. Two, 248. 7 or 48 was yeah. Force Awakens. Yeah. So even if this strikes like where they're predicting high, it could sit, what, just just above Last Jedi? Or just at Last just Jedi, Jedi, right? And when Which is still great numbers. Huge. Don't get yeah. me wrong. It's These not are awesome going to lose yeah. money. Yeah. But when you're talking about and you're stamping on, it's like you're, it should be have that end game vibe to it. Like, this is this is it, it guys. It this should. is the end of this story. It should. You know, End of a generation here. Yeah. We're going to wrap up all the Skywalker stuff that we've been watching since 1977. Yeah. It's like saying, you know, we've, we're going to wrap up all this stuff since 2008 with Marvel, right? Yeah. It should have that same momentum behind it. It just doesn't. Like like we were saying, The Mandalorian, which we're going to talk about right now, it seemingly has a lot more momentum yeah. behind it, at least at this point. But me personally, with regards to collecting and fandom, it's skyrocketed in the last two, three months. Definitely definitely yeah. has yeah and so they're doing something right here and the mandalorian i think is what's leading the charge here we got a new trailer this i guess last night from late last night kind of a weird time it was a weird trailer. time maybe maybe deflect the news with uh yeah maybe was, yeah it's totally yeah right totally what it was there, yeah. 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 Positivity <laughs> yeah. talking because this trailer again it doesn't we're gonna go into a deep review because we're gonna see this in two weeks guys. yeah man. Um, and I'm trying to avoid a little bit of the spoiler territory, but this trailer, it kind of just walks through basically what we've seen between the EW spreads, the first and second trailer, the stuff that we saw that was leaked from, I believe it was either Celebration or San Diego Comic-Con or whatever it was. Um, it kind of just walks through and talks about, you know, what the Mandalorian is and coming off the back end of what I believe, I can't remember the, the term he used in there, uh, the, geez, like the revolution, I believe he used it. Um, as opposed to seeing it, like he's seeing it as a revolution. Oh, right? okay, yeah. As yeah. opposed to him seeing, or the uprising, maybe? I can't remember what he uses. Yeah, I think he called it the revolution. The revolution, yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah. he's not seeing it as like kind of the turning over, the changing of the guard into kind of like a, a democratic universe, right? Yeah. Um, and then talking about the Mandalorian, we get to hear the Mandalorian speak for the first time mm, in this. Yeah. Uh, some pretty sweet action scenes. But I think the thing that really draws me in, they show a lot of the beasts and some of the speeders yeah. and droids. The, the droids, yeah. which really points at this $100 million budget that they had and the fact that it looks and feels so incredibly cinematic. Yeah. That's the thing I'm looking forward to most. This isn't like a shoddy Star Wars live action thing. This is going to be six or I think eight episodes, mm -hmm. basically eight movies that they've compiled here. Yeah. Um, there might be one bottle-ish episode where they <laughs> saved a bit of the powder for the end. But I don't know, what's, what's kind of just high-level thoughts? Again, we're not going to break it down, but high-level thoughts on this trailer. Does it do anything more from you for you as far as anticipation? Or does it just kind of reaffirm your excitement for what's, what's kind of going into this in two weeks? I might have to walk out of here with that uh, Carbonite <laughs> Mandalorian figure now, man, <laughs> after watching this trailer. It's, uh, you know, we got the shot of him flying. Yes. The jetpack. Like, come on. Like, and this is TV. This mm -hmm. is this just blows my mind at the state that we live in right now with production of streaming networks. This yeah. is this is crazy. Yeah. He looks great. We get that little shot almost when the helmet almost almost comes yeah, off when she's is, holding it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of cool that you get this this you know this working man that comes home into his his family, but then he puts on that helmet and he's out there doing all sorts of stuff. You know, this, this we've never really gotten an inside of this bounty hunter lifestyle with the guild and going on these missions mm. and just making ends meet. You know, yeah. and he's like the best guy out there on the job. Yeah, and bending the rules a bit, right? Like, yeah. there's always been that very, very black and white binary, good, bad sort of battle in Star Wars, right? Yeah. The, you know, the dark side, the light side. This guy's going to be walking right down the middle of that, I think. <laughs> oh, I, I think he is, but I think this is also the first time we're going to kind of see like a, a, a good man, uh, Boba Fett. Because Boba Fett was always like, he's bad. 
He's a yeah. bad guy. Like he he does all sorts of shady things, but he's a bad guy. But I feel like underneath the Mandalorian, the Mando is a good person. Yeah, doing some questionable things, probably getting the job done. And um, I just think Pedro Pascal is just gonna totally kick ass. In Agreed. This, in this show, great trailer. I love it. Yeah. yeah. What do you What do you say, man? Oh man, I loved it. I I love the Western feel mm. to it. Like right away from like the stormtrooper helmets on the spike and mm-hmm. whatnot, and yeah. like. I loved his like stealth takedowns and and whatnot, showing a bit of how he operates and the armor too. Yeah, very phasma like. Yes, you know when they shot at him. Yeah, and he, like the one off. hits him in the shoulder and in whatnot, shoulder. but it doesn't yeah. phase yeah. him. And yeah, like I, this is like the most fascinating period of Star Wars for me. Yeah. Like that's why you guided me to it was aftermath, right? It was yes. the book. Yeah, because I'm just like, well, going into Force Awakens, it's like, how is all this stuff back? I thought they blew it up at the end of the last yeah. movie. It's <laughs> like, did I miss something? <laughs> so this is the most fascinating period of Star Wars for me because this is the story that I want to see told. And I think it's kind of cool that it's like, well, these guys weren't completely right and the Empire wasn't completely right and yeah. here's the rest of us. Yeah. And which might be the majority of people in the galaxy and how we operate and how we see things and whatnot. So, yeah, I'm fascinated. I think, and I think fascinated is the right word because it's really, you know, we ended the Return of the Jedi with everyone high five and smiles, you know. But what happens after? Exactly. You know, what, what does the universe look like that there's basically no law anywhere? You know, at least, not at least, I guess, like when you're dealing with, with, you know, dictators, basically an autocratic society uh, based in fear, there's some law there, maybe not the right law, but you don't have what looks like, you know, you're out of rim going crazy where you have the huts and you have gangs and all this stuff going on and people taking the law into their own hands, which is what the Mandalorian maybe is doing here. Mm-hmm. And I think just to see what ha- like what's going on. And I love the aesthetic of it. I love the vibe. Mm-hmm. I love that we're getting stormtroopers in the first episode. We got IG-11 played by Taika Waititi mm-hmm. in there. It's it feels so incredibly Star Wars, yeah. but so incredibly something else. Refreshing at the yes. same time, right? Yeah, it's hit, hit a sweet spot. Yeah, yeah definitely. Good. And I think, like you said, the era is perfect. It's like I believe five or five, seven six years after after Return of the Jedi. Six, yeah. And so it's like, what does the universe look like? You yeah. know, there's going to be all that vying for system support. The New Republic is going to, I think, and I'm a fan of politics in Star Wars. I love it. I've always loved it. Bloodline's a fantastic yeah. book. You know, Prequels too. Prequel. The underlining story of the, the politics is deep stuff. It's, and like how Palpatine manipulated it all, yeah. the whole system, how it all fell. It's it's really great stuff yeah. when, you, when you break it down. And to see some of that weaved into here. Yeah. It's it's gonna be fantastic. Now, the last thing we're talking about with regards to the Mandalorian, really, this episode is there was an announcement, I believe, through or an article in the New York Times that said that there was going to be a dramatic Star Wars universe spoiler in the first episode of the Mandalorian. Now, Troy, my dude, yeah, man, what do you think this dramatic reveal is gonna be? What like is this just build? Is this just hype? And they're gonna say like. Jabba the Hutt really didn't die or like you know what I mean like it's not gonna be that of course yeah. but like it's gonna be something really silly like we see Salacious Crumb run off you know <laughs> something like dumb or is it gonna actually have some major implications either for the forward running narrative into The Force Awakens and eventually Rise of Skywalker mm. or is it gonna touch on a, a character maybe like what, what are your thoughts or speculate a bit on what this dramatic reveal could be I mean this is the Mandalorian John Favreau himself said he wants to do a Boa Fett show 
I don't think there's any other better place if we're going to touch on the character Boa Fett than this show to put him in here. Um, I do know the Aftermath series. I think think it's Aftermath. They touch on the armor. There's an armor in there that sounds very much like it's the yeah, Boa Fett. There's a guy. Yeah. He's kind of this almost Western Clint Eastwood type of character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that dirty picks, hairy kind of. Yeah, like, that yeah. picks up the armor. Like I always imagine with a toothpick in his mouth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, kind of scruffy looking guy. He picks up the Fett armor and yeah. starts acting like a sheriff. Right. In the Outer Rim. And oh, that's yeah. cool. You don't know if the body, like the remains or like, well, the actual you know character underneath. <laughs> Well, yeah, I guess uh, General Fett's like son, Boba Fett. Yeah, obviously, yeah. is they could be out there running around somewhere. Yeah, or possibly. if they just like he gets the armor, like if the maybe the armor is Boba Fett's armor, mm-hmm. and they see like footprints walking away from the Sarlacc pit or something. Exactly. Like it's actually Fett's alive. Yeah. Like, Tomorrow Morrison is running around. Right. And not just, just in Aquaman see... films. <laughs> <laughs> and we just don't see that character for a while. Like, yeah. You just put it out there like he could possibly be alive. You know, he could show up in season two or season exactly. three. Give me my armor back. Yeah. yeah right? <laughs> Give me my look back. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's like, no, man, I'm a Mandalorian. You're, not, yeah. you're just a joke. You're a clone, man. Oh, yeah. I see this. I don't know. Is there is there any Star Wars something you want answered in the first episode? You know, is there something about the lore, like the, the seeding of the First Order or I don't know. Darksaber? Darksaber maybe. I don't know. I th- My personal feel- feeling is that it's going to be – Something that's kind of really silly. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how... They say dramatic, but I don't know. Leia's slave clothes pop up somewhere. Yeah. Just, ooh, <laughs> just chilling. Ooh, where, where, where are those going? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm excited for that, though, because yeah. what that tells me, and you look at Favreau and the detail that he's put into this, and he's a detail-oriented guy, Yeah. and he's a Star Wars fan at heart. You got Filoni there, too. Like, the Easter eggs in this thing, like, repeat watching, because they only come once a week. Yeah, every Friday. Yeah. I think, to me, they're going to be filled with just stars, lore, and yeah. gold. Like, everything, I think, is going to matter that you see in there. Because it's Filoni that's doing the first episode, yep. too. Yep. So, yeah. come on. We're getting something big. Ahsoka? Oh, could you imagine? Ah, man. Something else. But yeah. they called it a spoiler, right? Yeah. So. But, like, what does that mean? Like... I'd, what, Slave one ship, maybe. Yeah, like, something tied to Ray's origin. I I don't know if they're gonna go that deep because does that uh, maybe does it become required material for? Uh, I don't know that maybe it's establishing in that. Oh, I have no idea. Maybe it shows up on Jakku. Maybe, Who well, knows? Because cause, cause Ray probably wouldn't be born yet. Because like, how old do you think she is in Force Awakens? But if they're talking about cloning and all this, if, stuff. if that's the case, if she's like, uh, you know a product from Jakku, too too much of a reveal for. Before the movies, before the knows. movies out, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe Snoke. Who knows? Maybe. Yeah. Ah. To me, it's to me, it's got to be backwards looking reveal. Like yeah. it has nothing to do with the Ford stuff. At least it's got to just the way Favreau is the OT guy and all that, and yeah. Floney prequel guy. It's got to be something we're looking backwards mm-hmm. at. Yeah, that makes sense. At a spoiler, some thread that's never been touched on in the comic books or whatever. Because you know, in, in the trailer, we do see a battle droid. Do we? Yeah, there's a, there is a battle droid. There's a scene between like a family and there's a kid. And they're yeah. all in like, the red kind of maroon clothing. Yeah. And right behind them, there's a battle droid. So we don't know if the battle droids are back is or if it's Bones? a flashback. You know right? Bones from Aftermath? He was the kid's uh, droid. It was a B1 battle droid that he had like tricked out. Oh, shoot. Yeah. <laughs> Like he was oh, like, yeah. Because it is dusty. It's dirty in the scene. Yeah, I doubt it's that. And the but... prequels are clean, right? Yeah. That's oh, so cool. Shoot. I didn't catch that. 
I love yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, prequel Space love. Yeah. Star Wars love. Oh, man. All around, been... guys. We've got two weeks of Mandalorian. Yeah. Oh, we think. Well, we With, think. Yeah. yeah. We, we have no way to pre-order <laughs> yeah. this thing. Canadian sign-ups. Where are they? Yeah. Just I, I literally want to give you a year's worth of money, Disney. Just <laughs> give me the ability to yeah. pump my credit card into it. Because you got it. Like, yeah. there's no point in waiting. You got it. Yeah. I just want to know that app's going to show up on one of my forums of way to portal into it. Oh. It'd be nice so. if they premiered on a big screen, too. That'd be... That'd be nice. Oh. First episode. Well, they did that with the Inhuman stuff, right? The ABC Inhuman <laughs> stuff. Why wouldn't they have done like a one weekend really? I guess they want everyone on streaming service. Technically. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah this is the service seller, right? So yeah, exactly. This is one of yeah one of the main draws. Yeah. Amongst quite a few other things, there's an Imagineer type like going into Disneyland and that, and like a documentary. Oh yeah, with Jeff Goldblum, right? Yeah, no, yeah. that's something different. That's like the life through. Oh yeah, that's that crazy other one. Yeah, but yeah. there's like an. It's called Imagineer, I think, and it's kind of going through, um, going behind the scenes of Disney parks and how they create things. And I'm super fascinated by stuff like that. I love Disney parks. But yeah. anyways, I digress, guys. It mm-hmm. is uh, time to wrap up the episode. It's been an absolute blast talking Star Wars and DC. Carlos, thank you. <laughs> oh, thanks for having me, man. I happy to be here yeah time yeah dragging me out in the hunt i say drag here in quotes this past week you know if it weren't for him i wouldn't have had the time so man what can i do you know sanjay is coming back maybe i don't know i saw him today he's looking good he's looking healthy oh there we go that's good proof yeah. of life miss that yeah. guy yeah <laughs> i miss that wookie yeah he will be making more of a cameo appearance more than in a cameo appearance here on the pod next week and carlos will be back i guarantee you before the end of of the year yeah to to deliver some of his thoughts particularly on the year end and all that so definitely gonna bring carlos back for a year in review and maybe our most anticipated look forward but we will see you know he's he's always making his presence felt here in the nerd room always welcome back at the table yes. my man and oh, if you guys great. would like to be more a part of this show you can always email us in the nerd room at gmail.com you can hit us up on twitter ourselves including carlos are always running rampant there looking for stuff to talk about, gush about, and really freak out about here. And there's going to be a lot of that coming in to the months of November and December for sure. So make us to f- make sure to find us there. Our handles at the end of the episode. You can find everything we do at nerdroom.net as well as StarWarsCommonwealth.com. We can find us and all the other Star Wars Commonwealth podcasts. You know, it's going to be a busy, busy few months in Star Wars, and that is the place you want to go for content. You want different opinions. You're going to have to go there, guys. Always come back here. Make sure to check out some of the other shows. And you can always find, again, everything with regards to The Hunt. It is real. No shame in our game over on Instagram, at the TheNerdRM. We were posting our pics there every single week and what we're finding on The Hunt. Guys, tag us in what you're finding. We'd love to see what is going on there. I just I really thoroughly enjoy seeing the absolute joy people get out of the hunt and what you collect doesn't have to be stars marvel dc can be power rangers ninja turtles whatever we'd love to see it so tag us there and last but not least we like to endorse and again congratulate our man rob wade he's on uh, on vacation right now on his honeymoon nice nice congrats Doing his thing yeah um but he is always still pumping out content over on mostly14.com where you can find us and all the other endorsed podcasts so go check out what he's doing they just dropped a force awakens review actually a retrospective review Ooh. with our man rob cast mm. and they also dropped an episode on there and a, a really beautiful uh, in memoriam episode for our, our our friend steve kirk um him kyle and i think it's kyle i can't remember 
who goes and um, Rob Williams. They go into quite a bit of detail um, on their time with Steve Kirk when he was here with us. So uh, go check out those episodes. Uh, they're a lot of fun. I've listened to both of them. Really well done stuff. So with all that being said, guys, I guess until next week when we're back here talking everything Star Wars, Marvel, and DC for the Nerd Room. I'm Tim. I'm Troy. And I'm Batman. The goddamn <laughs> Batman. All right, guys. Thank you very much for entering the Nerd Room and make sure you know, go out there and be kind to one another. We'll talk to you next week. This has been a Nerd Room Podcast production. You can find our hosts, Tim, Troy, and Sanjay, on Twitter at TheNerdRM, TroyTheBoy87, and Sanjabi. For more content from The Nerd Room, check out TheNerdRoom.net. And don't forget to subscribe to The Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you plug in. Be sure to head over to StarWarsCommonwealth.com to find more podcasts from Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network, including Talk Star Wars, Tumbling Saber, Generation X-Wing, Road Squadron Podcast, San Diego Saber's Radio Podcast, Retro Inc., and the Sandcrawler Podcast. Follow Star Wars Commonwealth on Twitter at SWCommonwealth and take your first steps into a larger world.